I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, we've got an iconic book, iconic video game character, giant robots, and giant monsters. It's the March Movie Preview. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. The road to the Oscars winds to a close with a look at Darkest Hour. I'll also review Game Night and a couple of Couch Potato favorites come home on Blu-ray. Let's begin with what's new in theaters right now. New this weekend, Jennifer Lawrence stars in the hot and heavy spy thriller Red Sparrow. I was told to take a man to a hotel. They said he was an enemy of the state. Take off your dress. And then exchange, my mother would get the doctor she needed. Instead, they cut his throat. There could be no witnesses. So they gave me a choice. Die or become a sparrow. So what exactly is a sparrow? Charlotte Rampling, the sparrow master, has the answer. From this day forward, you will become sparrows. Weapons in a global struggle for power. You'll be trained in psychological manipulation. You must learn to push yourself beyond all limitation. Take off your clothes. When we are finished with you, the person you were will no longer exist. Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must become the missing piece, and they will tell you anything. So J-Law becomes a sexy Russian ninja spy. I only added the sexy because the trailer very desperately showcases it. International intrigue ensues. It's not getting great reviews, but apparently Lawrence is good in it despite that accent. Feels like a renter to me, but I think I'm over Jennifer Lawrence at this point. If she's compromised, she will be eliminated. What have you done? You belong to them. They will never let you go. I'll find a way. Also new this weekend, the latest in a long series of cinematic masterpieces. Tonight, we review an aging Charles Bronson in Death Wish 9. I wish I was dead. Hey. Actually, it's a reboot of Charles Bronson's Death Wish starring Bruce Willis. Sway in the morning, Shay 4-5. We gotta talk about what's happening in Chicago. Everybody's watching this viral video. This guy in the hoodie, they're calling the Grim Reaper. He stopped the carjacking. Is he right for taking the law into his own hands? He's become a folk hero. Like the original, it's pretty simple. Willis plays a man whose family is attacked by violent gangbangers, and he decides vigilante justice is the way to go. I love my family. But when they needed me most. 911, what is your emergency? There's men are breaking into my house. I think they're here. <gasps> no. I failed to protect them. Dad, where's mom? The men who did it are out there. So there's nothing that you can do? Is that what you're saying? If a man really wants to protect what's his, I want to buy a gun. He has to do it for himself. Death Wish is directed by Eli Roth of horror movie fame. He made Hostel and some other things I'd never watch in a million years. The trailer suggests some pretty gross kills in this one, but I am a sucker for badass Bruce Willis. Still, no preview screenings for critics suggest it's pretty bad, and I haven't seen Willis actually try in a movie in a long time. You look much better getting out, socializing. Mm. Not so much. Well, whatever you're doing, keep it up. <laughs> okay, I will.
Moving on to March 9th, Disney will unveil its adaptation of the classic book, A Wrinkle in Time. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. See with mine. You were a top student, but look at you now. You can't keep using your father's disappearance as an excuse to act out. Is that his work? What's it about? Their dad. He wanted to touch the stars. First published in 1962, the science fiction novel has won all kinds of awards and was previously adapted for a TV film by Disney in 2003. Now it's getting the silver screen treatment and it looks pretty cool. Imagine that the ant here wants to get to her other hand. The quickest option is to walk across the street. But it turns out a straight line is not the shortest distance between two points. Not if you use a fifth dimension. It's outside of the rules we know of time and space. So the ant arrives in my hand instantaneously. So you fall to space. More likely wrinkle it. The cast includes Oprah Winfrey as Mrs. Witch, Reese Witherspoon as Mrs. What's-It, Mindy Kaling as Mrs. Who, and Chris, P uh, Chris Pine plays the dad who's gone missing somewhere in time and space. The film also introduces young Storm Reed as 13-year-old Meg Murray. Where are we? We heard a cry out in the universe. Who's alive? We believe he is, and we're here to help you find him. We are in search of warriors. Warriors who serve the good and the light in the universe. You're kidding. Do I look like I'm kidding? A little. I'm not. I'm not. The supporting cast also includes Zach Galifianakis, Michael Pena, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, and Andrew Holland, and it was directed by Ava DuVernay, who previously directed Selma. Trapped by evil energy. It's too strong for our light. And the only one who can stop it is you. Be a warrior. The book has sold more than 23 million copies worldwide and regained some steam last year after Chelsea Clinton mentioned it during the Democratic National Convention. Do you trust me? I trust you. Also on March 9th, a movie called Gringo. Medical marijuana is already a multi-billion dollar industry. So the future is this weed pill. I'm still not sure about this. Look, most people will tell you Buzz Aldrin walked on the moon. But even a complete idiot will tell you Neil Armstrong did it first. And do you know why he went first? Because he pushed Buzz Aldrin out of the way and seized history by the power. I'm satisfied. Gringo stars Charlize Theron, David Yellowo, Joel Edgerton, Amanda Seyfried, Tandy Newton, and Charlotte Copley. It's a dark comedy mixed with action and intrigue that takes boring businessman Harold, played by Yellowo, into Mexico, where he gets caught up with drug lords and a black ops mercenary. Harold, you're gonna fly to Mexico. Deliver the formula to the lab. Salut! <laughs> I've been kidnapped! This is really bad timing. They want five million wire to an account. You tell whoever's got you, there is no deal unless they come way down on the price. What? Harold, can, can we call you back? 
Will Harold survive his harrowing adventure? Find out when Gringo is released March 9th. You work for bad people. I don't think he can survive that. Gringo. Please, God, save me from this man. You really believe in God? Of course I believe in God. What kind of person does not believe in God? I guess I kind of do, but... In theaters, March 9th. He got hit by a car and then pushed down a cliff. Also on March 9th, something Jeff is bound to enjoy. Leave us alone! A scary movie! It's a, it's a sequel ten years in the making. The Strangers Pray at Night. It involves a family as their road trip brings them to a secluded trailer park where they squat for the night. This place seems empty. I think everybody leaves after Labor Day. This is nice, right? There's someone else staying here? The park is deserted. At least it looks that way. Until... Is Tamara home? I think you have the wrong trailer. I thought we were all alone. And then three masked lunatics start to terrorize and try to murderize the family. First off, I have no idea why we have a sequel ten years after the first Strangers movie. Don't get me wrong, I liked that first one, starring Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman trying to have a romantic night in a cabin where the same three masked crazies visit them with knives and pain. But ten years later, Christina Hendricks leads the cast in this one. Looks creepy. Leave us alone! But we've just started. They go to an abandoned trailer park to stay for why not just sleep in your car? I think they uh yeah, I That's think they so dumb. Well, I think they they were evicted from their home or something because sleep economy. In the car. <laughs> I don't. It's a horror movie. They all have dumb premises. Up next, a popular video game character gets a big screen reboot. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes doing our March movie preview. We are on to the 16th where an iconic video game character returns to the big screen. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It will be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. It's Tomb Raider, starring Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft, the video game hero who dates back to the mid-90s. You heard a second voice in that clip. That's martial artist extraordinaire Daniel Wu, who is the star of the AMC show Into the Badlands and one of the co-stars of one of Jeff's favorite recent movies, Geostorm. Yeah! Feared the Geostorm. <laughs> the bad guy in Tomb Raider is played by Walton Goggins. What are you doing here, Laura? Seven years I've been on this island. Your father, he put me here. Now I see the likeness, intelligence, the recklessness. What 
do you know about my father? Clara's father is played by Dominic West. called Trinity. It's looking to start a global genocide. Your dad, Junior, had a bigger holiday. He had a knack for the unexpected. Ladies first. Angelina Jolie previously played the character in 2001's Lara Croft Tomb Raider and in 2003's Lara Croft Tomb Raider The Cradle of Life, which Jeff also starred Gerard Butler. Gross. Those movies took place after Lara was already an established Tomb Raider. This new film happens at the beginning of all that. McCander looks like she is up for the challenge in Tomb Raider. Put it down! It's your finger that's pulling this trigger. You messed with the wrong family. Also on the 16th, a high school kid named Simon goes through some stuff in Love, Simon. Do you ever feel weird? Weird? Sometimes I feel like I'm always on the outside. There's this invisible line that I have to cross to really be a part of everything, and I just I can't ever cross it. Me too. Yep, that's being a teenager for you. And Simon has a secret. My name's Simon. I'm just like you. Except I have one huge-ass secret. Hey! I like your, your boots! I said I like your, your boots! Bye. Nobody knows I'm gay. So it's a coming out, coming of age dramedy thing. It stars a bunch of kids. Jennifer Garner and Josh Duhamel are his parents. I think they'll be cool with him when he comes out. The trailer has a lot of narration and the movie is called Love, Simon. So I guess he's writing a letter to someone. We'll find out who on the 16th. Announcing who you are to the world is pretty terrifying. Because what if the world doesn't like you? P.S. It doesn't seem fair that only gay people have to come out. Why is straight the default? I have something I need to tell you. I like girls. You trying to kill me? I like men. I'm straight. I'm heterosexual. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Also on the 16th, more teen dramedy emerges in a movie called Flower. So, Erica, you must be psyched to have an older brother type in the house. Totally psyched. Get to have a complete stranger living in my home. No offense, buddy. Are you okay? I really want to punch you in the face right now. I just don't want to ruin those lip injections that daddy gave you. At least my daddy is not in jail. Yes, again, teenagers exploring their sexuality in Flower, which IMDb describes thusly, a sexually curious teen forms an an unorthodox kinship with her mentally unstable stepbrother. Good times. It stars a bunch of teens with bit parts by grown-ups. Are you okay? No! Obviously not okay. Where are you guys going? To go buy some crack? You know, throw it down? It's okay. They're not buying drugs, Bob. Just let them in. No, I get the joke. Moving on to March 23rd, the star of the Netflix series The Crown goes a little crazy in a movie called Unsane. Your life slips away from you. Taking out a restraining order becomes normal. Relocating to another city, normal. But you still see your stalker everywhere? I know, this is my imagination, but I never feel safe. There's some more forms you need to fill out. I finished my homework. 
Take off your clothes down to your underwear. The door's locked. By signing this, you've consented to voluntary commitment. I am being held here against my will. Do you know how many calls the cops get like that? Those are from crazy people. Claire Foy plays a woman who is involuntarily committed to a mental institution. She believes she has a stalker and he is near, but is he real? Unsane is directed by Steven Soderbergh and looks pretty cool. My stalker is here. There's nothing we can do unless you have proof that a crime's been committed. This is the best place for Sawyer. Most people say he's here. Or maybe it's all in my head. Still to come on the Couch Potatoes, Jeff Braun's going to make his Oscar predictions, and he's got a couple more movie reviews for you, so lots to get to. The movie preview continues in a moment. You are listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're going to wrap up the March movie preview. And the new Wes Anderson, one of my favorite directors, has a new movie on the 23rd called Isle of Dogs. The Japanese Archipelago. 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders, calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. First, the title. If you say Isle of Dogs very quickly, it looks and sounds like you're saying I love dogs. So there's that. Anyways, Courtney B. Vance narrates Anderson Good with narrators Alec Baldwin in the Royal Tenenbaums, F. Murray Abraham in the Grand Budapest Hotel. This movie is animated in that sort of stop-motion puppety way that Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox was, which is how you can have a bunch of dogs be the characters. They are voiced by Ed Norton, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, Scarlett Johansson, Bob Balaban, Liev Schreiber, and they're led by Brian Cranston. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly. Same here. Words out of my mouth. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're king. You're duke. You're boss. I'm chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Then a 12-year-old boy shows up to look for his lost dog, and the adventure begins. It looks quirky and charming and a lot of fun, just like all the other Wes Anderson movies. We get the idea. You're looking for your lost dog spots. Does anybody know? No. no. I've lost all of my pride. Spots, if he's alive, may very well be living even at this moment as a captive prisoner. Somebody is up to something. On March 23rd as well, a sequel that was ordered because of its international box office, Pacific Rim Uprising. We were born into a world at war. Between the monsters that destroyed our cities and the monsters we created to stop them, we thought we had sacrificed enough. But the war we thought we finished is just beginning. And the only thing standing in front of the apocalypse is us. The first Pacific Rim debuted in 2013, directed by Guillermo del Toro. It was a love letter to giant monster movies, or kaiju movies. And in his film, kaiju have invaded from an interdimensional breach in the Pacific, so we build giant robots to fight them off. That first movie cost $190 million to make, but it only made just over $100 million domestic. 
but it made over 300 million international, which was enough to make the studio say, all right, let's do another one. Del Toro's not directing, he's one of the producers. Uh, actor Charlie Hun Hunnam, not, he did not come back to pilot the Jaeger. That's what they call the giant robots, Jaegers. His Jaeger was Gypsy Danger. So they made this one 10 years beyond the events of that first film and cast John Boyega in the starring role. He's Finn from the new Star Wars movies. And in Pacific Rim Uprising, he is the son of Idris Elba's character from that first movie. He gave a rousing speech in that film, then helped save the world. Now his son wants to do the same. But it doesn't matter where you came from, who believed in you and who didn't. This is our time, this is our chance to make a difference. Hooray! A big speech and an enthusiastic that's what I'm talking about. An indication that there isn't much else going on here other than giant robots fighting giant monsters, but I unapologetically love that first movie, so I will definitely see more giant robots taking on giant monsters. Also on the 23rd, Oh Gnome. Here we go again, a sequel to 2011's Gnomeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet are moving to a whole new garden. All clear! No, it's not quite perfect, but it's ours. Think of all the adventures we're gonna have. Look, there's a pool! Woohoo! I'm okay! Excuse me. Oh, man, Katie, that is just. Are you done? I've made a jacuzzi. Fart jokes in the opening moments of the trailer. Gnomeo and Juliet, starring James McAvoy and Emily Blunt, was not a big hit, but also not a flop. Didn't do great with the critics, but I guess it did well enough to get this sequel called Sherlock Gnomes. But when their world is in danger... Juliet, the gnomes, they're all gone. There's only one gnome to call. What the fertilizer? I'm Sherlock Gnomes. Sworn protector of garden gnomes. You mean, except for the one you literally just broke. Broken? Who's broken? Oh my god! Johnny Depp plays Sherlock because, well, why not? He's got nothing to lose at this point. I feel like he's this close to turning into Nicolas Cage. Chiwetel Ejiofor plays Watson. The movie also stars Maggie Smith from Downton Abbey, Michael Caine, Mary J. Blige, and Stephen Merchant. Hope the kids like it. Does not look like it'll be great for adults. And hopefully after this, it will be... No more. <laughs> have to go undercover. Let's go. Two forward. Hold. Ooh, I said hold. Forgive me, I've never been the back end of a squirrel before. Shh, we've been spotted. <laughs> Sherlock knows. That's not how a squirrel shakes its behind. Mankini, can you demonstrate? You see what I'm doing? See? Do you see? Yes, you're acting like a rear end. And then finally on Thursday, March 29th, a movie from Steven Spielberg. It's the film adaptation of a novel from 2011 called Ready Player One. Not going to bother playing any clips because the trailer is mostly just special effects and stuff. It's uh, the book that it's based on is both celebrated and reviled by geeks because in the world created in the book, uh, you enter a video game world, which is chock full of all your favorite pop culture references. You can drive around in the Back to the Future DeLorean, for example. So the book is beloved by some because of all that pop culture and hated by others because they say it's not a novel. It's just an endless list of pop culture references. And that's kind of what the movie looks like. 
The visuals, though, are eye-popping, and it's directed by Spielberg, so hard to rule out anything that that guy does. Up next on the Couch Potatoes, Jeff Braun will tell you what he thinks is going to bring home Best Picture at the Oscars. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. The Oscars are Sunday night, and when last we left them... For Best Picture. (laughs) You're impossible. (laughs) Come on. La La Land. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Boom, that's right. It was the craziest ending ever. Instant classic Oscar night. I'm sure host Jimmy Kimmel will have a thing or two to say about that on Sunday, given all the sexual harassment scandals in Hollywood the past few months, so the vibe will probably be a little more serious this year. Of course, though, the reason they're all getting together is to hand out some actual hardware, and the nominees for Best Picture are... If I told you about her, the princess without voice... What would I say? Reynolds has made my dreams come true. And I've given him what he desires most in return. And what's that? Every piece of me. Now, sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Germans have encircled 60 British and French divisions. We are looking at the collapse of Western Europe within the next few days. You can practically see it from here. What? Home. We would need a miracle to get our men out. The White House has been lying about the Vietnam War for 30 years. I can show you around. The way they lied. That'd be great. Those days have to be over. So, Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. Would you stop interrupting me while I am interrupting you? Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. If I told you about her, what would I say? I wonder. Nine movies. I saw all of them this year. I usually try to see all of them. I don't always succeed. This year I did, and it was a really good crop. Here's my official rankings from best to worst. Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, Phantom Thread, Get Out, The Post, Dunkirk, Call Me By Your Name, Three Billboards, and Darkest Hour. And Darkest Hour was the last one I saw. I finally saw it this week. It stars Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill, Kristen Scott Thomas as his wife, Ben Mendelsohn as the king, and Lily James as one of Churchill's secretaries. I'll say this right off the bat. It is my least favorite of the Best Picture Oscar nominees, like I said. I sort of thought that would be the way that would be the case going in. I... That may have tainted my view of the film. I don't know. I did a quick scan of the movie's info and trivia on imdb.com. I didn't see anything about it being based on a play, but it really feels like it's based on a play. In other words, it's kind of boring. It's very static. It's not visually interesting. It's mostly just talking. Now, every now and then you find something that's still kind of worth it that way. Fences was a Broadway play. Pretty good film for 2016. It was mostly just Denzel and Viola Davis sitting around talking. Glenn Gary, uh, Glenn Ross. That's a good one, too. Yep. My Dinner with Andre, although they may have uh, done that specifically for the movie, but that's just two guys sitting at a restaurant table talking. I guess it depends on what they're saying. Uh, Like I said, Darkest Hour, not based on a play, just feels like it. Um, And a lot of plays don't translate to film well anyways. Uh, 
there's a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright named Tracy Letts. He plays the dad in Lady Bird. He wrote the play August Osage County. That's what he wanted as a war for. They made a movie out of it. He said the movie's fine, but it's not great. And he just says they should just never make plays into movies. So here with Darkest Hour, you have Gary Oldman as Churchill. He's making these wartime speeches. So you can see why they wanted to have just a bunch of talking because it's some pretty good speeches. Unfortunately, some of the drama in the movie is based on what's happening at it at Dunkirk during World War II, and we saw how that played out in Dunkirk last year or before this movie came out, so that we knew how it would go. I mean, we knew how it would go anyways, but it was right fresh in our minds. The other uh, drama in the movie surrounds the political situation Churchill finds himself in. There's a lot of... Uh, political wrangling all around him as he's a new prime minister in England. None of it's terribly interesting, nor is his uh, private life. Uh, as for his performance, Oldman makes a meal of the scenery. He will be rewarded with an Oscar this weekend. It's exactly the sort of thing the Academy loves. The, the Oscar they really deserve, and I think they will also win, is the makeup, because the makeup job they did on Oldman was astonishing. And the last half hour of the movie I thought was actually quite fantastic. I won't spill too much, but uh, Churchill was famous for sort of taking off from his handlers from time to time and just mixing with the general public there's a scene to that effect in the movie and it is by far the best scene in the movie so three couch cushions overall for darkest hour pretty good movie nothing too special i didn't think like i said oldman's gonna win the best actor oscar francis mcdormand and sam rockwell will win best actress and best supporting actor for three billboards and allison janney seems to be the lock for best supporting actress for i Tonya. but there's always an upset almost always an upset and if i had to pick one of those not to win i would say maybe Lori Metcalf and Lady Bird will beat Allison Janney. That's what I want to happen anyways. Other categories, not expecting surprises. Guillermo del Toro for Best Director for The Shape of Water. Three billboards for Best Picture. Dunkirk for a lot of the technical categories. Again, if there is an upset for Best Picture, a lot of people are cheering for Get Out. Big time. Vanity Fair is actually predicting, they're calling it that it's going to be Get Out. They say that, uh, because I guess the way that it works is uh, you vote until one movie has 50% or more of the vote. Yes. And they figure that <clears throat> all the people who don't vote for one of the favorites are going to vote for Get Out. So that could just bump it up. That's they, When did they change that? Last year or the year before? And the last two years have been upsets because Moonlight beat La La Land. The year before that, Spotlight beat The Revenant. Yep. So that could happen. Um, I do think Jordan Peele gets a writing award for Get Out, so hopefully that won't go home empty-handed. I am a little terrified that my beloved Lady Bird will go home empty-handed, but we'll see. That's uh, Oscar night on Sunday. Should be a good one. All right, Oscar season coming to an end, and you went to see yes. a rather interesting fun film. It will. It'll never get nominated for an Oscar, but it's a, it was a good time. It's called Game Night. Someone in this room is going to be taken, and it's going to be up to you to find them. It's a murder mystery party. Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. You're not going to know what's real and what's fake. Wait a sec. You can't just come in here and break the door. Like, oh! Looks so real. Guys, make sure you get a piece of this cheese. No, no, it's no, no, just the no. first one that follows us gets shot. Okay, Roger that. You drive safe. Starring Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, Kyle Chandler, Lamorne Morris, a.k.a. Wendy the Bish from New Girl, Kylie Bunbury, the pitcher from Pitch, and Jesse Plemons, who we know from Fargo, the TV show, Breaking Bad, where he was Todd, and he was Landry on Friday Night Lights. Bateman and McAdams play a happily married couple. They're thinking about having a baby. There's a whole B story about them thinking about their future and having a baby. That doesn't really matter, but it sort of has to be there, so, you know, there's a point to these people. The real action lies in their weekly game night. The gang gets together every weekend for game night. Bateman and 
McAdams are super competitive. Their friends just want to have a fun evening. One weekend, Bateman's brother, Kyle Chandler, gets to be in charge of game night, and he organizes his real-life murder mystery kind of game in which someone in the group will be kidnapped. The others have to find clues to find them. But of course, a real kidnapping takes place. But everyone thinks it's a game. That's in the trailer. It's not a spoiler. Plus, they set that up in a very heavy-handed way to sort of poke fun at the trope of the switcheroo. And the characters are not mistaken the whole movie. It's not That's not the entire premise of the movie. There are far more twists and turns along the ways. I won't really get into it. Everyone in this movie is funny, but Plemons steals the show. He plays Gary, their weird neighbor. He delivers very dry dialogue. He just stares at everyone with a blank expression. He has a little white dog he's always carrying. It's super bizarre. It's kind of hard to explain or appreciate without seeing it. And there's a lot of bizarre, goofy humor. This is uh, from the guys who brought us Horrible Bosses, so if you like that, you'll probably like this. I don't think I've ever seen Kyle Chandler be funny before. And uh, Rachel McAdams, she, she's been in comedies, but it's just, she's in Wedding Crashers, but she didn't get to be funny in it, so they both get their moments in this one. Not much to say about it. It is a silly movie. It made me laugh a lot, a lot more than I thought. Great work by everyone, an inspired performance from Plemons. Three and a half couch cushions out of five for game night. Cool. Yeah, I think it's an interesting-looking premise, so I'm glad to see that it's actually getting good reviews because so many comedies come out in the last couple of years that just get trashed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that looks cool. Uh, we got about a minute left here to tell you what is coming to home video. So let's start with Digital HD, uh, big movie coming. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Those are in The Rock, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan. I don't know who she is. but She played uh, Nebula in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the one with the blue hair, uh, uh, yeah, blue yeah. face. Plus she's in this, so she's a legit movie star now, whether I know her or not. Uh, yeah, because this made almost $400 million in North America, almost a billion worldwide. Is, I thought, is it not, not still in theaters? It's still a top 10 performer. It was number six last weekend with another $5.6 yeah. million. I guess they set the digital HD date long before they knew how much how many legs this movie had. Uh, so that's digital HD on Tuesday. Blu-ray and DVD were going to the store on Tuesday, Brett, because you're going to pick up Thor Ragnarok and I'm going to pick yeah. up Lady Bird and uh, Blue Planet 2 is also in 4K if Ooh. you're looking for something really astonishing. Yeah, TV. I've been watching that on Saturday nights on BBC Earth. It is quite spectacular. Not as spectacular, I think, as Planet Earth 2, uh, but it's still pretty cool hey that's all the time we've got i'm brett he's jeff we are the couch potatoes subscribe to the podcast on google play or itunes and remember if it requires getting up off the couch don't bother (laughs) 